Hello, my zebras and spoonies. Thank you for hanging out with me today, and I am glad that you are here. When you have chronic illness, it isn't uncommon to have problems with electrolyte imbalances. Because of that, I have decided to do a series that talks about what they are, how the body uses them, and things that we can do to manage our electrolytes. For the next several weeks, I will make a post aiming for Wednesdays about one of the electrolytes. So, hey, let's get into it. So the first electrolyte that we will be talking about is sodium. Sodium helps maintain normal blood pressure, supports the work of your nerves and muscles, and regulates your body's fluid balance. A normal blood sodium level is between 135 and 145 milliequivalents per a liter. Hypernatremia, or high blood sodium levels, is when your blood level is above 145. Hyponatremia, or low blood sodium levels, is when your blood level is below 135. Diagnosing either hypernatremia or hyponatremia is done with lab work. Urine testing can also be done, but it's generally not considered necessary. Hypernatremia. The main symptom of hypernatremia is excessive thirst. Other symptoms are extreme fatigue, lack of energy, and possibly confusion. Advanced cases can also cause muscle twitching or spasms, and with severe elevations of sodium, seizures and coma may occur. However, severe symptoms are rare and usually found only with rapid and large rises of sodium in the blood plasma. Certain medical conditions increase your risk for hyponatremia, and they include dehydration, severe watery diarrhea, vomiting, fever, delirium, dementia, certain medications such as diuretics, antidepressants, and antialeptics, poorly controlled diabetes, larger burned areas on the skin, kidney disease, and a rare condition known as diabetes insipidus. Correcting hypernatremia is done by giving our body more fluids. In mild cases, this will be done by having you drink more fluid. In more severe cases, they will do this with an IV. In either case, the additional fluids will dilute the sodium in your blood and decrease your blood levels. Preventing hypernatremia really focuses on keeping your body well hydrated, but it is also important to limit the amount of sodium you take in every day. Knowing what caused your blood levels to become high will help you prevent high blood levels in the future. Addressing the underlying cause is essential. Hyponatremia. Hyponatremia signs and symptoms may include nausea, vomiting, and headache in mild cases. More advanced cases can cause confusion, loss of energy, drowsiness, fatigue, restlessness, irritability, and muscle weakness, spasms, or cramps. In severe cases, there can be seizures or coma. However, severe cases are uncommon as the majority of individuals consume way more sodium in their daily diet than they actually need. Many possible conditions and lifestyle factors can lead to hyponatremia, including certain medications such as diuretics, antidepressants, and pain medications, heart, kidney, and liver problems, syndrome of inappropriate antidiuretic hormone, chronic severe vomiting or diarrhea, and other causes of dehydration. 
drinking too much water, hormonal changes, and recreational drug use of ecstasy. Treating low sodium levels is done by giving the person more sodium. In mild cases, this can be done by increasing the sodium in their diet or with sodium tablets. In more severe cases, the sodium will be given by IAV. Preventing hyponatremia focuses largely on making sure that you are taking an adequate amounts of sodium every day to maintain your blood level. Knowing what caused your blood levels to become low in the first place will help you to prevent low blood levels in the future. As always, addressing that underlying condition is essential. A note on low blood pressure. There are times that sodium is used to manage low blood pressure. This is because where there is sodium, water is drawn to follow. When we increase the amount of sodium we take in as well as the fluids that we are consuming, we can increase the amount of fluid in our bloodstream and thus increase our blood pressure. This is a blood pressure management strategy frequently used when treating postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome or POTS and other forms of autonomic dysfunction. Using sodium, whether in your diet or a supplement to increase your blood pressure does not come without risks. That being said, there are risks to not treating low blood pressure. There are also risks for using medications to increase your blood pressure. It becomes important to talk to your doctor about the risks and benefits of the various possible treatments and not treating your condition. But a high sodium diet is associated with more than just high blood pressure. And that is important to know. Sodium and your diet. Whether you're looking to increase or decrease your sodium levels, you need to become aware of the sodium levels in your diet. Most processed foods are high in sodium. When buying food, checking the food labels can help you figure out what foods are good choices for you. A low sodium food is one that is less than 140 milligrams of sodium per serving. And a high sodium food is one that is more than 400 milligrams per serving. Knowing that, you can make your choices accordingly. The easiest way to control your sodium intake is to do your own cooking. That way you can choose to not add any salt or to add as much as you need to. And another good way to take control of your sodium is to take control of your salt shaker. If you're looking to reduce your salt intake, removing that salt shaker from your table can dramatically reduce the amount of sodium you take in. On the other hand, if you are looking to increase your salt, the salt shaker can be a strong ally by adding salt to everything that you eat. Those who are looking to add salt to their diets often struggle to add salt while not eating unhealthy foods. But there are salty foods that are also good for you. Consider adding pickles, olives, nuts, seeds, nut butters, fermented foods, canned seafood, cottage cheese, and even canned beans because all of these foods are high in sodium. Sodium supplements. Sodium is almost exclusively supplemented with sodium chloride. Before trying any other type of sodium supplement, be sure to talk with your healthcare provider. That's all I'm going to say about that. When talking about sodium supplementation, it is also important to talk about water consumption. First, know why you are taking a sodium supplement. If it is to increase the sodium levels in your body, it is important that you do not 
increase your fluid intake when you increase your sodium intake. A general guideline is to monitor the cuddler of your urine. Increasing your salt intake will make you feel thirsty even when you don't need more water. If you think you need more fluids, first check the color of your urine. If your urine is pale yellow, then your fluid intake is good and you don't need to increase your fluid intake. There are times that sodium supplements are used to help individuals increase their blood pressure. If you are taking a sodium supplement for this reason, it is important that you increase your fluid intake along with the increased sodium intake. Without increasing your fluid, you will not see an increase in your blood pressure. Consuming 400 milligrams of sodium, that's the amount in a single gram of table salt, causes your body to retain an extra four cups of water, which equals about two pounds. Drinking more water than that will flush out the extra sodium, returning your water levels to normal. So it can be helpful to monitor a daily weight for a few days while you figure out how much fluid and salt you need to get the retention that you need for the increase in your blood pressure. There are some things to keep in mind when you're adding a salt supplement to your regime. It is important to start with a small amount and increase the dose over time until you get to the desired amount. This will allow your body to get used to the increased sodium in a more gradual way. Sodium tablets generally come in a one gram dose. It's a good idea to start off by taking a quarter tablet and increasing by a quarter tab every two weeks until you have reached the full one gram dose. Your pharmacist is a great resource for titrating up your dose when you are first starting out if you have any other questions. If you are having loose stools after starting a sodium supplement, it means that your body is not absorbing the sodium and it is being flushed out of your gut with water. To improve your body's ability to absorb the sodium, break up the total daily amount into smaller doses spread out over the day. This will also make it less likely that you will increase your thirst drive. Adding in fiber or emodium may reduce your loose stools, but neither of those will change the fact that you are not absorbing the sodium that you are taking. You may also need to look at the other medications that you are taking as they might affect your body's ability to absorb the sodium. Your pharmacist is a great resource for troubleshooting this particular problem. It is not uncommon for sodium to cause nausea or vomiting. If you have problems with this, first try taking the sodium with food. Again, Dividing the total daily amount into smaller doses throughout the day can be helpful with this side effect. If you continue to have problems with nausea, you can try dissolving the tablet into a small amount of warm water and then mixing that salt solution with a flavored beverage. This will allow you to slowly slip, sip on the water over several hours, making it less likely to irritate your stomach. If this method works for you, consider Gatorade Zero as an alternative to a salt tablet. Each bottle of Gatorade Zero has 270 milligrams of sodium along with 80 milligrams of potassium. This method of having liquid with your sodium supplement is a great option for those using the sodium to increase their blood pressure, but it should be used with caution when you're trying to increase a low sodium level. For some, 
taking a nausea medication is required to get past the nausea side effect of sodium supplementation. Again, consider consulting your pharmacist if you have trouble with nausea as it might be an issue of what medications you are taking along with your supplement. Your PCP, your primary care provider or PCP, really will be your best ally when managing any supplement. They will be the person that will monitor your lab work. They're going to write those orders. And you need that lab work to make sure that your supplementation is meeting your goals. They're going to be the ones that will help you make sure that you're taking the right amount of the supplement. Not to mention, it is most likely going to be your PCP who is helping you manage those underlying conditions that is causing you to have to take a supplement in the first place. It is also possible that your supplements could interact with medications that you are taking. Your PCP and your pharmacist are your best allies for monitoring these possible interactions. So it is super important to keep your doctor in the loop whenever you are adding supplements of any kind into your treatment plan. Well, I hope that you found this uh, installment of our electrolyte series useful, and I hope that you have some information that can help you in the supplementation process and the modification of your diet and can help you in the conversation that you should be having with your PCP. So thank you for coming and hanging out with me today. I hope to see you again, and I hope that you do well until then. And I hope to see you next week when I have my next installment of the Electrolyte series. Thanks again for hanging out with me today.